You're in. Super excited to have you. I'm LaShondra Faines, host of Agents of Grace HQ, a podcast for service-based businesses with a kingdom perspective. You're in for an eclectic experience of ministry, connection, education, and inspiration. So let's jump right on in to today's episode. Hello, Vessels of Grace. My name is LaShondra Faines, Chief Collaborative Partner for Systems and Processes of LaShondra Faines Tech Virtual Assistant Services. And I am here today with special guest, Saul Holliday. He is a computer services consultant who values dedication, service, and moving in excellence. Over the last 20 odd years, Saul has been honing his craft, working for Fortune 500 companies, obtaining his master's in ISSS and additional certifications. Saul and I met through a mutual friend when I was on the search for someone to help me keep my internet and computer secure as I serve my clients. And since then, we have had a few conversations and let me tell you, the conversations have been so awesome and inspiring. So I invited him to be a guest on my show and he accepted. So I'm so excited to have him here with us today as we discuss best practices for securing your computer network. So Saul, welcome. So happy you're here. Thank please you. share more about yeah, please share more about yourself with us and what you do and how you serve your clients. Oh, oh man, yes. Um, I'm just a, a small little guy from uh, Fort Lauderdale, but um, I'm the CEO of uh, BMOC, uh, which is a company I started uh, to it started to uh, help out uh, residential clients, and I moved up to small businesses. So. Um, we're a computer consulting company that provides network and security solutions along with a host of uh, computer services, primarily for the small business and residential clients. Um, BMOT is basically like an IT consulting company that strives to help small businesses get off the ground with a affordable support. And also we like to help out the residential um, clients as well, uh, secure their computers and networks. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to say that Saul is very patient <laughs> um, because, you know, there are times when we're we're on our computers, but we don't always know what we are doing sometimes, <laughs> even when we think we have a really good idea. And I like to consider myself overall pretty tech savvy. Um, <laughs> but we've had some funny moments during the process of setting up our computer, but Saul, he handled it so, so well. He was patient with me. He walked me through step-by-step, step. literally, he invests the time to make sure um, that you understand exactly what is taking place during the setup of your um, computer network. And I know I may seem like I'm kind of going off a little bit, but I just wanted to say that because we've had some really funny moments yeah. um, during the process. So he's really awesome to work with. And um, so Saul, let's go ahead and just jump right on in to the interview. And um, so the first question that we have is what is computer cybersecurity and which small businesses need to be aware of what it is? Um, well, basically, uh, you know, a computer is an electronic device that uh, 
it's uh, manipulates data in such a way that it can store, retrieve, and process data. So that's like the, I guess, definition by default of a computer. Um, but the cybersecurity um, part of it, that's the practice um, or method of defending electronic network equipment or systems from malicious attacks so they're not compromised. So that'd be like computers, servers, mobile devices, data that you have on a hard drive, programs, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the small business, they need to, to be aware of this stuff because they use this uh, type of electronic equipment and it connects to the internet. And that's why they need to be aware of it because the internet, as you know, it's like a, uh, it's like a cloud. Everybody wants to get in and take stuff that doesn't belong to theirs or sell it or what have you. So you just got to be cautious of anything that's connected uh, to the internet, any device that you have. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people, some people are very hesitant to even um, create like a profile on the computer to get on social media or to have accounts, pay bills um, through the computer, you know, online. Right. And a lot of times it's because of that whole security um, concern. You know, how do I continue to protect my computer and my information when I am um, browsing online or taking care of business online? So, yes, um, understanding that cybersecurity and what it is, and I'm just going to try to recap. So basically, it's just defending your device, whether it's a computer or a mobile device or your network against malicious attacks. Correct. Okay. And those right. devices need to be network, meaning that they need to have internet access because if they don't have internet access, if you're not connected, then there, there wouldn't be any cybersecurity threat because you can't, nobody can get to you. So good point. Right. So you can have a computer, but if it's not connected to the internet, then no your risk, right. No worries. Okay. All right. That is so um, important and good to know. So right. when you say which small business is needed, um, to me, it sounds like those who are connected to the internet, like if you're, um, you have any transactions taking place where you have to use the internet, then no matter what your business is, it's important to take the steps to secure it. That is absolutely oh. correct. Awesome. Okay. So then what are the most common ways to open oneself up to a cyber attack? Oh man. Um, this one is a power pack question. I'm going to try to not spend four hours on it, but, uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna take the uh, the top ones that I I know about. Most of it is uh, negligence, um, human error, <clears throat> employee turnover, things of that nature. Uh, examples of that would be like sending sensitive emails to the wrong uh, recipient. Um, your software is not up to date, um, so it needs to be patched um, daily, weekly, or monthly, or whatever schedule you have it on. Um, other things would be uh, leaving sensitive information on your desk. You would never believe how many times I've gone to a client's uh, location and I'll go, you know, work on their computer and then I'll see a thing that says password and then it'll have the password there. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't mm. do that. Um, not properly destroying sensitive information. Um, things like people, they don't use shredders. They just throw stuff in the trash and you'd be so uh, surprised how many hackers would go dumpster diving and find a lot of stuff in the garbage about your company. So, hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. That was, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, there are things that we do every day that we might not even be um, conscientious of right. that is leaving us open and vulnerable 
to cyber attacks. And so what the things that you mentioned, mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't even all necessarily have to be things that we were doing with our computer. Um, it's things that we're doing even um, separate from our computer or devices, such as, like you said, leaving passwords around, which now, because that password is out in the open, anyone now can access your information. Right. Um, if, if it's okay, and, can I elaborate on, on that a little bit? I, I do want to touch please on do. something. Mm -hmm. um, they do have also um, social engineering tasks like phishing emails. Uh, those are ones that people are always getting in trouble with for the most part. They're designed to look like a official website or official email uh, to get password information. So um, things like, we'll say a bank, right? Um, let me see, we have Chase Bank down here. So chase.com is the address, but you'll see somebody will say, click on this link and it'll say C-H-A-Z instead of S. Hmm. And then you'll click on it and say, oh, this is legit. And then when you go in there, you type in your information. And just like that, they took your information. That's one of the other attacks. Do you have also, um, I'm sure if you fly, well, probably right not not right now. But if you <laughs> right. if you fly mm -hmm. to the airport, they have the, uh, the eavesdropping attack where they have a fake Wi-Fi at the airport or coffee shops. And you'll click on it and say, oh, okay, this is the one I go to. And they'll be stealing your information when you click on that. So I tell people always to either um, use your own hotspot or connect to a VPN if you're using a, um, a public Wi-Fi. Um, that's a good one. And the last one I think that I'm going to talk about, this is the one of the ones that hit hard last year. And mm -hmm. it shocked me. I, I didn't believe this could happen, but um, we did a test, a uh, security test. So we put like some... Um, some software on a laptop mm -hmm. and we put it on the USB and we left it in the parking lot. We left it in a, in a, a break room and it was used to take somebody's information. So we're doing like a pen test, right? Ooh. A penetration test. Sorry. That, that's short for pen test. Um, so when we did that, you'll be surprised at how many people just pick up a USB drive and hook it into their computer just to see what's on there. Wow. Yeah. So that, those are the, like the top ones of attacks that you have to be careful about. Um, yeah, so it, you need a lot of training. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, because there are just so many ways that people can attack. And it's, you know, I've always been so disheartened because I'm like, why can't we all just do right? <laughs> you know, why? Why must we infringe on our fellow men and women? You know, like, come on now, like, let's just be for each other, not against. But, um, so, yeah, um, that was really good. Good to know the ways that we can open ourselves up to cyber attacks. So if we can just start where you are, what you know to do, that is best practice. Definitely always start there. And then um, listening to podcasts such as what we are um, recording for you all now um, to continue to increase your knowledge. That is the best way to protect yourself from cyber attacks. Um, there's no fail proof, you know, there's no way to 100% completely be secure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Saul, I might be going over into your domain, but right. we, we, <laughs> but we, um, you know, just use the tools and the knowledge that we do have to, to continue to protect ourselves. And so what are the characteristics of the best antiviruses? Like, how does that come into play? And what do we use those for? And why? Um, I like real real time scanning. Um, that means that the the 
Your computer is always getting scanned for any threats or anything like that. Those are one of the best characteristics. You don't want one that just scans it like, you know, once a day or something like that. You want real time as you're actively using the computer. It's noticing changes and trends on file sizes and spikes. So they, they know the characteristics of viruses and malware. Um, the second characteristic would be automatic updates. And both these two are not manual. These are something that should come with it and it should automatically do this. Um, a lot of times I run into uh, clients, they, they have their own, you know, virus protection and I'll go do assessment. And the last time they updated, it was like six months ago. So that means for six months, they could have had new viruses and malware out there and they could have uh, been taken advantage or been compromised. Um, what is another one? Another one would probably be uh, application protection. Um, you know, a lot of people are using uh, particular apps on Windows and, and Mac devices. So what it does is it protects your Mac from um, unauthorized access or it'll give you a pop up if you're going outside of the app to make sure that you're aware that it could be dangerous or something like that. And um, I think the last one, oh, well, the last two probably would be, uh, this should be standard, malware protection against all types of like um, Trojans, bots, spyware, viruses, et cetera. You want the full one. You don't want one that just does viruses. You know, you start to see a lot of them, they'll tell you on a box now or on the website that, you know, we protect against this, that, and that, you know, you need the most, um, the more you have protection, uh, the better it is. Um, and then you have the auto clean feature. I like that one. Um, when it detects uh, the malicious software on the computer, it deletes it instead of quarantining it. Um, so I like that one. That one is pretty, pretty good. You can quarantine it, but then you have to know what you're doing. And then somebody has to go in there and then see if it's a, a bad file or not. And then you can remove it. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I know that was a lot. I try to, I try to keep it short. <laughs> Right. But it sounds like you're saying you're looking for antiviruses with um, scanning mm -hmm. with and help me recap scanning and with automatic update. clean uh, automatic app, update. Protection, uh, app protection. App protection. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, you have your malware, um, spyware and virus protection. You make sure they have all of that. And then the auto clean feature. There we go. Those are the characteristics of the best antiviruses to have. And so if someone has a virus, will an antivirus help get rid of the virus? Um, let's say they do, they, uh, they add the antivirus retroactively. Um, sometimes it can, sometimes it, it, it won't. And that's the truthful answer. Um, the, the best thing to do is if you do have it, you can run a scan and then if it says there's nothing there, uh, then you're you're fine. But sometimes it'll say that something's there and it can't remove it because it's already compromised the computer. So sometimes uh, you have to hire a professional to come in and remove that virus manually via either the registry going into deleting some files or what have you. Um, or I know this is the one that people don't like. <laughs> you have to format your computer and start from scratch. Um, yeah, I know. I knew I was going to hear that one. <laughs> Mm hmm. Yes, that's never fun. Yeah. So basically be proactive and make sure that you have your antiviruses installed before you start um, just navigating and surfing on any device that's connected to the Internet. Yes, you want to make sure you're proactive and have that protection first. Makes it easier. <laughs> Makes it easier. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> 
So when it comes to the data, like we don't want to lose our data, right? But how often should the data be backed up and where should it be backed up? Okay, so uh, that's a generic question. So I'm going to try to answer it in a generic way. Um, Mm -hmm. How often is dependent on how much you're you're willing to lose? You know, so if I were to come to you, I would say, how would you feel if you lost all your work from today and you can get it back from yesterday? You see what I'm saying? So that would be like a daily one. Then you have some people that have weekly. So at the end of the week, it'll back it up, up after hours on Saturday, you know, early in the morning or have your Sunday and it'll do that. And then you can go from there. Then you have the monthly. Um, usually the best practices for uh, small business would be daily. And then they add up the dailies and they put them together to make a week. So if anything was to happen, I can put it back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you you say this is where I want it because I don't want to lose this particular data. So it really depends on the client. I usually recommend um, daily after hours. Um, and then if you're going to back it up, I prefer a network storage device, um, which we call it a NAS device, NAS. And that's pretty much like a big hard drive that's connected to your network. And then when you click on the backup, it backs up everything to that drive. Okay. So that's on your network, but then I also have a second backup because you always want to have two just in case something could happen. And this is uh, like a real uh, real life situation would happen where somebody backed it up to one hard drive and they thought they were okay. So what happened, they caught a virus and then that hard drive that they backed it up to failed. Oh, yeah. So, that's so yeah, sad. So for mm-hmm. me, I usually back up the backup. I know people... They'll say, well, that's expensive or this and this and that. Oh, well, then you have to look at what's more expensive, that or losing everything that you worked on. Um, so cloud true. options are are not my preferred um, if it's through a third party. You understand what I'm saying? So if you have somebody else doing it, um, you know, they have Veeam. I think it's V-E-E, um, V-E-A-M, Veeam. Um, and I'll get the correct spelling of that. They do the, the cloud backups. They're pretty good with that. But you still have your backup and then the cloud one. So if anything ever happens to that location, a flood, fire, anything, they still have yours backed up at a co-location. So, um, but that's something you have to pay for. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have those options. But those are pretty much the locations of where you can store it, um, locate at, and then, you know, you can go from there. So for a residential person, I probably would say, hey, have two hard drives back it up to this hard drive and then have a backup of that hard drive going to another one. Um, for a small business, I probably would say back it up to a NAS device, a network uh, attached storage device, and then have like either a cloud, a backup, or have another NAS somewhere else. So you can do copies hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good information. Um, that's good to know. And so when we're talking about um, backing it up, I know you just mentioned the the NAS. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all additional things that small businesses can purchase to protect their their network. Right. Correct. So um, like a network storage device can range anywhere from, I would say, probably 200 to 10,000. <laughs> but you don't have to get mm-hmm. that big of a uh, storage device and then you get the hard drive separately but your it person would be doing that and they would run the numbers to you they should know what your business is capable of handling you should give them a budget for it and they could tell you okay this is the best one to do and 
then you can back up your data there and you should be okay. But it, um, yeah, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the data, mm -hmm. types of data that typically we want to back up is uh, depending on right. your business, of course. Um, but can you just share some typical types of data that small businesses will want to definitely make sure they back um, up? It's, it's usually files in the way of, of um, legal documents, um, you know, HR documents, um, contracts, things of that nature, um, accounts, information. Um, um, those are the types that you would you really back up. Really, the pictures that that take up a lot of space in the movies and all that stuff, you're really not backing that up unless you're in a residential. Uh, you know, even if you take somebody's picture for ID, you 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 know, if you lose that picture, that's fine. You can retake a picture. But you know, if you have a legal document that's binding between you and another um, the client as a contract, you would need that. You know, you don't want to lose that. And you don't want to have that compromise. And most of the um, the NASs that you can get also have um, antivirus protection on there as well. So, um, you know, the more you spend a little bit, so I would say for a small business, you can probably get a good um, NAS for about, with all the hard drives included, probably about 1200. Yeah. Okay. And that'll give you about, okay. about it'll give you about um, 24 gigs of data. Mm-hmm. And so for small businesses that may just be starting mm -hmm. out, what would you recommend? Like um, more cost friendly, budget friendly solutions? Because I'm honestly, what I'm thinking about are like thumb drives. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like how feasible is that to use a thumb drive? Yeah, but you got to remember a thumb drive, you plug that in, somebody elbow hits it, it cracks it, it bends, all your data's gone, it's not mm -hmm. retrievable. Um, they do have methods of retrieving data, but it's really costly. So for like a small business starting out and you don't have the 12, 1200 mm -hmm. to invest in that, you can go to a local computer store, purchase it. You have the Western digital hard drives, the USB ones um, for mm -hmm. two to three gigs. You can get it for like a hundred dollars. Oh, so you could do okay. that. It's just more of a manual kind of thing, um, which is fine, mm -hmm. uh, but that'll last you until you're ready to take off or your business moves on, you know? But okay. you still would, yeah, Thank you still you so would much. need to though. I still would recommend two. <laughs> <laughs> purchase two, not one. At least yeah. purchase two, right? Okay. So, and, and you're saying it can be the same type of backup. You can purchase two of the right. same. Right. So if I type? got like a one gig uh, drive for sixty nine dollars, um, you plug it in, you back that up, and then you have it set for automatic backup for that drive to the other one. So, you know, you spent like one hundred and thirty dollars. And you're you're secure mm -hmm. with your your data and your information. Thank you so much, Saul, for sharing that with us. That's um, you know, it sounds scary, you know, in the beginning when you think about it, like, oh, how do I do all of that? But Saul, he is knowledgeable of these things. Um, and so um, this is what he does every day. This is a part of his business. And um, if you have any questions. As we get towards the end, um, he will share his contact information as well with you. And all of this information that we are sharing, we're sharing to give you, um, to empower you. So that way you have knowledge, you're being educated, not to overwhelm you or to, to scare you or anything, but we just want you to be aware 
of how you can, again, secure your computer network um, to make sure that your business is protected. And so, Saul, the last question of the today that we have is, who should a small business owner <laughs> call, as we were just sharing, <laughs> if they are having issues with their computer security or I network? would love to say me, of course, but I have to go through the protocols. If they do have an IT department, you reach out to them. If they have the MSP, uh, you reach out to them. If they do not have either or, they can also reach out to me. Uh, we can go over uh, what their issue is and talk about it and we can find a resolution and we can work it out. So I would be that person if you do not have IT solution available um, for your for your technical issues. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned MSP. Can you please? Tell oh, us managed what that service means? provider. So, like a lot of the IT, I guess the brick and mortar, the older, uh, old school um, stores, they will have all these IT people. So your overhead would be a lot, right? So you're paying a lot for the physical di- devices and the physical people. So now with the MSPs, uh, usually that's kind of somewhat what I am as well. Um, we do everything virtually meaning that we don't come out to a site unless we have to. So that saves you costs. So instead of you having like 10 people every day at the site, you can have somebody remoting into your computer from anywhere to fix your issue. Now, if it's a physical issue, a network, somebody broke a cable, something like that. And that's when you spend your money on that. But it it uh, it helps cut the cost. So those are becoming very popular hmm. now. Uh, a lot of MSPs are popping up, at least in Florida. I know uh, in California. Uh, a little bit on the north side too. There, uh, Cleveland, I think Cleveland, Ohio. So a lot of those are popping up, um, and they're they're everywhere. And it's they're kind of doing that easier, and they're getting familiar and uh, more popular because of the whole COVID situation. So nobody wants anybody anyway. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And you know, I just want to mention one of the things that was challenging for me in finding a um, you said managed service provider mm-hmm. or an MSP was trust. So as we are looking for someone, you know, we're trusting someone to help us with securing right. our network. So what characteristics of a an individual and or a company should we look for? Um, oh, man, that, that's another power pack. <laughs> I love these questions. <laughs> Keep them coming. But um, if, mm-hmm. if you have a problem with, with the trust issues and things like that, um, word of mouth is always great like i actually survived on word of mouth um i think i've actually went to like two customers in my life and then everybody else referred me and that's that's been it so if you have word of mouth you know somebody that you trust they'll usually tell you somebody who to go to um if you're looking for the characteristics you can look at the uh how they are leading in their industry i mean you can go to the website so you can do the comparison how many people are clients what type of clients they have um, that's very important because sometimes when you have big companies, they don't cater to the, the smaller companies until they become a bigger company. Um, you want to look at, um, you got to know the prices too. Uh, some, some people, they'll charge you for what you can afford sometimes and they'll give you that support. But if you look for somebody that's always trying to help you, you know, um, and they're probably going to disagree with you for the most part, that's usually a good thing because you may want something, but they'll tell you, hey, no, this is what you need for this size company, you know, but they'll let you make the decision, you know, but usually somebody that's good, they'll tell you, this is what you need. But if you want to do that, that's fine. (laughs) 
Right. Advocates. I'm all about right. advocacy. Um, you know, tell me what's best. Right, but yeah. choose. <laughs> well, make sure you, you know, inform me, keep yeah. me well informed for me to oh. make the best decision decision yeah, that I can. MSPs, so, yes. they uh, good ones. They give you options and then they let you think mm-hmm. about it. And then usually within a week or so, you make your decision, then you go forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're not pressuring you to to purchase their service exactly. or their products. Yes. Okay. That was very, very good. Um, Again, Saul, thank you so much for today, for taking the time to share with us best ways, best practices for securing our computer networks as small businesses. And it's always a pleasure to speak with you. You you definitely keep me informed. And, you know, again, you just take the time to make sure that even when I might feel a little uncomfortable or if I'm fumbling on my end with setup and things like that, just the fact that you take the time to walk me through it step by step, that means so much. And so Saul, as we are wrapping up, will you please share with everyone ways that they can contact you or follow you on social media? (laughs) All right. So I'm not a big social media person. However, um, I do have uh, ways that you can contact me. You can contact me, uh, email uh, support at bmottoday.com. So that's B-M-O-T-O-D-A-Y.com. Um, if you have a general question, if you want some quotes or something like that, um, and you're interested in the services, you can also reach me at um, bmott.servicedesk.comodal.com. Those will filter into the same email, um, but it'll, it'll actually create a ticket where I have to address it really um, really quickly. Um, and if you want to call me, I'm always available. But if I'm on the phone, if I'm doing something else, you can leave a message. You can contact me at 754-229-9045. Thank you. Thank you so much, Saul. And if it's okay, I will list that in the um, description for this podcast in case they missed any that of is that. Is that okay? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, Vessels of Grace, it has been a pleasure to bring to you today Saul Holiday, as we have been discussing best practices for securing your computer network. Until next time, take care. Everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. LaShondra Fames here as your host of Agents of Grace HQ, where we are bringing you an eclectic experience of ministry, connection, education, and inspiration. Until next time, continue to seek Jesus, his heart, his mind, his time. Goodbye.